1: Let's talk a little spring football. There were some big spring football games this weekend. Of course, it was. Uh, you wrote a story yesterday about uh, the Alabama spring game. We can start with that. We'll touch on Colorado. We'll touch on some Notre Dame. Uh, but first, Alabama. They had their, their spring game, there was you know, questions of quarterback uh, entering the spring game. I think uh, they'll probably continue into the fall. I know you watched it closely. The report's from Tuscaloosa, said uh, Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson were a bit inconsistent, had their moments, didn't have their moments. Uh, we heard rumors before the spring game that Alabama may be in the transfer uh, portal market, uh, maybe even Tyler Van Dyke, who, who squashed those rumors uh, a few days later. But uh, what did you think of the Alabama spring game and specifically the, the QBs?
3: Um, if they don't go to the portal, it will probably be Jalen Milroe, and they're going to have to change up their offense a little bit. Uh, not like completely, but inconsistent that that's Jalen Milroe He made some fantastic throws. And for me with quarterbacks, it always comes down to two things and Alabama, let, let's be real. They've been spoiled for about five years because they had Tua who was super efficient. They had Mac Jones, who was a Heisman finalist, had a record setting season. Then they have the magician and Bryce young who may go number one, not to mention Jalen hurts before that. So like what I wrote yesterday is their offense may revert back to what it was when Jalen hurts was a freshman, because Jalen Milroe is a tremendous running talent. He is a little inconsistent. He makes some bad throws and then he'll make a throw that you're like, wow, how did he do that? So, and that was kind of Jalen hurts early in his career. So I think that's where they're going to end up going. If they don't go in the transfer portal, I know, our instinct as writers is to look at the freshmen and Eli Holstein and Lonergan had their moments, but they're not going to start in week one. They're, they're just not. And, and I think the fact that he had Noro in there late lived with the mistakes hard to say because they weren't tackling that he took eight quote unquote sacks, but maybe that's four because of his running ability. So right. there's a lot, there's some concerns in Alabama because it's good enough to win 10-11 games, but I don't know if what I saw offensively is good enough to win a national championship.
1: Yeah, the question is, if you're, so if you're going to be breaking in a new quarterback, is he surrounded with a ton of talent? Like last year's Alabama team had the talent at quarterback, had the talent at running back and Jameer Gibbs, but like the offensive line was not as great as it usually was. The receiver said they... Bryce Young was not surrounded by tons of talent. Like Mac Jones was surrounded by tons of talent at Alabama. Will Jalen Monroe be surrounded by tons of talent?
3: Well, Justin Haynes is nice. They've got a nice freshman running back. I think they'll have a committee and they'll feature him somewhat as the season wears on. Uh, He's super talented. uh, Wears 22, looked good, scored three touchdowns. Receiver-wise, they have a bunch of receivers, but I don't know that they have a Jamison Williams. Or a you know, some of those frontline talents that Mac Jones was thrown to, like Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Kendrick Law's good. Um Ja'Cory Brooks and Jermaine Burton are inconsistent right now. Jermaine Burton had a couple drops in that game that he's got to be better. And that might you've got a point. I mean, part of the reason with the Alabama last year when I watched them, I didn't watch an offense where I was like with Mac Jones and those receivers. So it's like I don't know how you stop these guys. And, yeah, and yeah. I And Mac
1: Jones had all day to throw as well.
3: I was like, you're not stopping that offense. And that will be a question mark. I do think Alabama still has a ridiculous amount of talent. They have some really good freshmen that popped. I I mentioned Haynes. Um, Downs on defense, they have a safety that he's probably going to play. So they're going to be fine, and people overreact Alabama naturally because it's Alabama. But if they don't go in the portal in the next week, I'm pretty comfortable saying I think Milrow will be the guy in week 1.
1: Yeah, I think the offensive line is is going to be a big issue for them. I think that's um, that's how you break in a new quarterback and I think that's where you know Bryce Young covered up a lot of ills, right? His scrambling ability, his ability to like make a last second decision, stay poised in the pocket and all the things that are going to help him in the in the NFL draft and when he's a rookie next year. But their offensive line needs to – you know, it was a, an assembly line of first-round picks for years, and then it dipped off a little bit last year. I remember they they started a transfer from Vanderbilt. I, you know, follow Vanderbilt pretty closely, and he was not an outstanding player necessarily at Vanderbilt. So um, that, to me, was a sign that, you know, things weren't quite at Alabama standards, and then that kind of showed up on the field. So – uh we will, will see that will be a key key element to look for when we when we look ahead to the tide um you know the the two four stars you mentioned did either of them you know have a leg up on the other you think or, or you didn't see enough of those two guys I,
3: lonergan, lonergan looked pretty good uh okay. baseball player good arm um okay. but you know they they're pretty even they are alternated series with them and some good throws i mean those two like what it comes down to me when I watch quarterbacks and I'm not a guru by any means, but I watch their completion percentage one and I watch how many times can they, do they make a good throw of 20 yards or more? Because that to me is the game. Can you, and how they play in the intermediate box, obviously with their accuracy, but which quarterback can push the ball down the field and make good throws that are accurate throws. And and Lonergan made a few and I'm not, short Simpson either. uh he, he had a couple. They had a couple drops on some of his throws, but he missed one in the red zone. He threw an interception. What drives Nick Saban crazy? It was it was wild to me, Bill. There was a sequence where Simpson threw an interception in the red zone, which makes Nick Saban throw his headset and then throwing it out of the end zone. Milrow threw an interception. So I was like, <laughs> if he had a headset on, which he didn't, that headset would have gotten broken at that point. So. <laughs> I, uh, and, and that's the other thing with, and Saban talked about that after the game was, it's the quarterback that that gets the ball knows what he's doing doesn't make mistakes and is efficient and that's quarterback play to me sixty five percent completion percentage doesn't throw picks can push the ball down the field the guy that, that's closest to those things is going to start for Alabama.
1: All right, let's move on to Boulder, Colorado, in the snow and the wind and the sleet and uh, you know crazy. Crazy bad weather, but I think uh, if you were on college football Twitter on Saturday, you saw the comparison of the uh, the, the panning shots of the empty stadium from twenty twenty two spring game to the absolute full stadium in twenty twenty three. It was very cool to see. Uh, he was out Coach Prime out in, in full force. Shadur Sanders threw a touchdown pass to Travis Hunter at the end of the first drive. All was well in uh, in Boulder. Uh, there was some special teams miscues uh, that, uh, that Dion was not happy with. And because of the snow, we didn't get to see Ralphie run the field or anything like that. But uh, generally speaking, I think it lived up to the hype as much as it could. Uh, what, what, what did you expect out of the Colorado spring game, and then, and then what did you see?
3: Well, uh, you know, the, the talent level isn't what it's going to need to be for them to be serious about contending yet, but they have some special pieces. Travis Hunter is very good. Shadur Sanders is good. I I think that's a good start. Um, I don't know that spring games need to be played in weather like that, but, uh, you know, the excitement, and Dion does bring that. It was captivating. But what I didn't anticipate, and I know we're going to talk about, is it's not so much the game, Bill. It's everything that's happened since that that has become the news.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they, um, have, what, 18 18 players have transferred – since the spring game, including the, the leading receiver there who had a huge game on Saturday. And he has, uh, he has decided he is going to transfer. Um, I think John Canzano, the terrific writer who covers the Pac-12, he did a, a study of, of what's going on in the Pac-12 transfer por- portal uh, on April 20th, which was actually before the spring game. And Colorado at that point had 29 inbound and 29 outbound at that point. Um, only Arizona state had 32 inbound, but, uh, Colorado was a close second. There was no one else really even close in the league. Um, you know, how do you think this affects the cohesion for, for Dion and the new staff? I mean, this team that we saw at the spring game might be very different by the time fall rolls around.
3: Well, it's fitting. Like Mitch was talking about, like I don't think we're going to be able to evaluate, Colorado's first few recruiting classes because of this. Um, you know how many of these guys end up transferring. I, I've been asked this question. I think for some, the amount of transfers that left offers validation for when people were all heated about that opening speech he made when he said, "I'm bringing my own luggage. You better hit the portal." He talked about it bringing his Louie. and and that's why. I mean, if you look at Sporting News right now, the top story on our site. This tells you how much people care about that. Top story on our site isn't any of the seven things we wrote about Jordan Love and Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and probably the biggest trade of the year. It's Colorado has 18 guys in the portal, and here's why. So people mm-hmm. absolutely have their mind made up about him. And I've 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 as I often do, I try to stay in between. Okay. That that is a high number of guys in the portal. And I saw what Shadur Sanders did with uh the receiver that, uh, entered the portal and saying that he used that as his, you know, and it was, he called, I think, crooked business or something. Um, it, it's not good to have that many guys in the portal, but I don't know that it's going to matter given the talent I saw on the field on Saturday.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Dion's not for everybody, right? He's very distinctive with his personality. I'm I don't know. Um, you know, how he treats the players individually, but like, it seems he's got some old school to him and it's definitely, uh, you know, he, he tries to relate to the younger guys in a certain extent, but he's also kind of old school. And I don't know, you know, like I said, I don't know if it's for everybody. I don't know how many guys they're transferring on their own accord or the coaches are saying, you know, we're going to replace you. We're going to recruit over you. Why don't you hit the portal? So um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting one to follow for sure. Well, you know, I'm glad think, I'm not in the middle of it.
3: Well, and that's why I say stay in the middle because here's here's my fearless prediction for year 1 by the way. Some people when he was hired they're say, "Oh, he's going to create the U and it's going to be the next Miami." I was like, no, they're not going to win 5 national titles and recruit <laughs> an entire NFL team because they don't Boulder Colorado doesn't have the recruiting base that Dade County does. And what Miami was able to do in the 80s and 90s. So let's scratch that off. And then there's other people saying this is going to be a complete failure. And they'll use these transfers as justification. And I'm like, no, because I do like his old school sensibilities. I like that he has some flash to the program. You need to attract attention to your program when you come in. He's not running around like Jim Harbaugh did with his shirt off and at satellite camps and doing that kind of thing. He's bringing attention to the program. You need that. Dion brings that. I think what's going to happen this year, and you wrote this down, their schedule is who who they play, like TCU. So what coaches? You said Sonny Dykes, Matt Rule, Lincoln Riley by October 1st. Yes. Good chance they're one and four. (laughs) And good chance I'm still not worried about it because what I think is going to happen is there's going to be a ton of hype. They're going to struggle early. They'll probably get better late in the season. They'll probably end up like four and eight or five and seven, maybe even three and nine at worst and that's fine. And then you get into year 2 start getting as recruits. And and some of that, you know, in between you're going to have some great plays from Hunter and Sanders. So they just need more talent. If we've learned anything from today's podcast, it's what did Mitch say? Sign the best players and you'll have the best teams. I'm going to get, I think they should print that t-shirt at the athletic and I might buy one. So uh, you know, that that would be a good one
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash
2: talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, Colorado, it's just it's amazing. The the ticket, the season tickets are sold out before the season started, which is just incredible to me. They were hoping, hoping to have maybe two sellouts in September because they had uh Nebraska coming in and USC coming in and it was going to be exciting and and things like that. Like maybe we can have two whole sellouts by the end of September, and it's April and the entire season is sold out. He sold out the spring game and they sold tickets for ten bucks a pop. So I mean that's four hundred fifty thousand dollars that just didn't exist last year. They, they were tickets were free and two two thousand people showed up last year. So you just found four hundred fifty thousand dollars. So you know Dion. Create some headaches, and he also creates some headlines. He creates some money, um, so we'll see how it all plays out. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, our final spring game. We want to talk about Notre Dame? Uh, Sam Hartman had some uh, reports coming out of South Bend that he was having a little trouble early on picking up the offense. Surprisingly, it's, you know, sixth year in college, uh, but at the scrimmage before the spring game, he was supposedly cooking. And then uh, Saturday, in, in some again, bad conditions, similar to, to Boulder, he, he played really well um, better than, than Tyler Buckner did. Um, you know there's no official he won, he lost kind of thing. but the jobs was uh, the job was always Hartman's to lose, and it was the intention to kind of you know have Hartman uh, be the number one guy when they brought him in from Wake Forest. It was just good reinforcement, I think, from the Notre Dame coaching staff and the Notre Dame fans uh, that to see Hartman play well. Uh, there was, you know, three wide receivers that were mid roll, mid year enrollees from freshmen. Who Jaden Gatehouse was really good. They, they all played pretty well and uh, made them feel better about the fact that Lorenzo Styles has entered the transfer portal. He was going to be a guy I think on paper that you know people would point to as a guy they were going to count on. Uh, he's no longer there, but there's some freshmen that have stepped up um, and and you know we, I listened to. Uh, Brian Driscoll's podcast on Irish Breakdown, our good friend. He covers that team inside and out. And he was pleased, again, with what he saw uh, from the offense, a little more verticality to it, um, and just uh, you know, a good performance by Hartman. Did, uh, did you check get, catch any of the Notre Dame game? And What are your thoughts out there?
3: No, I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched it yet. It's on the DVR, so that's on the to-do list. So I don't want to weigh in too much. But from what you've said, one of the interesting things, Brian talked to us about, because obviously he's in as in depth as you can get about Notre Dame. And what I do want to see when I do watch it is what the personnel groupings are around Hartman. You know, how are they throwing it down the field with that verticality? Where are they throwing it down the field? You mentioned Lorenzo Styles, That was a bit of a surprise. Obviously, he's, I'm in his hometown in Pickerington. So, you know, there was talk about him moving the corner and, his brother's a pretty nice corner slash safety slash linebacker for Ohio state. So a lot of people around here are at least wondering out loud with not, have nothing behind it, but everybody's wondering if he'll end up back at Ohio state with his brother where his dad played, which wouldn't be a surprise. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but with Notre Dame, I think it, it is that passing game. They ran the ball effectively last year. We know what they're going to get on that side and the affirmation that, Hey, we, we went and got the ACC's all-time touchdown leader and second in passing yards. Um, I remember that Churchy trivia. Uh, <laughs> that he's the guy that can maybe push them to an 11-win season. And, and to me, again, it's this is such a myopic view, but I I, I want to see what they got when Ohio State comes to town. Is it different than last year? And I think Hartman will present the Ohio State defense with challenges that Tyler Buckner didn't last year.
1: Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, I think the pieces are in place offensively. You know, I think they've got talent on the offensive line. They're happy with some of their young receivers from what I'm understanding. And, you know, the running back room has got Logan Diggs and, and Audra And so they moved Chris Tyree to a slot receiver to get him on the field. And he was showing some good hands during the spring and everything like that. So that's, you know, I don't think their tight ends are nearly as good obviously, uh, they won't be in 12 personnel a lot. So to get Tyree on the field as a slot guy is is, is use, using your talent to the, to, to the best you can, getting all your weapons out there. Um, I think Tyree looked good on Saturday. And he's a guy that, you know, came in with a lot of hype and hasn't totally produced yet. It's been a crowded running back room. Maybe he's found his spot that he can kind of attack uh, from the slot. So good uh, on Notre Dame. I think it was um, – you know, uh, a positive spring. They had a bumpy ride there, hire an offensive coordinator. That was kind of a cluster for a little while, but things seem to have settled in. And uh, I think they feel upbeat as they wrap things up and head into the summer. Uh, We will wrap things up here, but first we got to revisit the Trochi trivia. Once again, the question for Mr. Bender is the last team to finish number one 24 24 seven composite team recruiting rankings. From outside the SEC, and you can you can give it a guess as the year as well. Go for it.
3: That's one of two schools. I I think it's Ohio State and
1: thirteen. Incorrect. You got to go deeper than that. Further back than that. Wow, that yeah, class with
3: like Boza and Elliot and them didn't.
1: It's amazing. That's, that's wild. that was the Alabama reign of terror. I think.
3: Okay, so then before that, I mean, do I have to go all the way back to like Miami? <laughs>
1: You got it, Miami. What Very year?
3: Great. What year, though? So 2008.
1: 2008. Would, 2008.
3: Oh, wow. So it was either Miami or Florida State, if I didn't guess Ohio State.
1: I actually, before I started researching, thought it was going to be USC. Uh, they, they, I mean, and
3: that would have been my fourth. In
1: the, mid, in the mid-2000s, uh, Miami had a 2008 class. And since then, from 2009 on, it's been either Alabama, Georgia, Florida, or Texas A&M. Wow, but maybe crazy. LSU might have snuck one in too. But that's that's crazy. All SEC. <laughs> that's that's
3: so. well. That's why that again the Means NFL more. draft is a SEC infomercial and has been probably since 2008. So yeah, very interesting. That is a good one. But is that Miami class? I wonder if that's the one. This brings this whole thing full circle. Is that a was Central Henderson then or was he later? I'm going to go look that up when we get off.
1: He might, he might've been. So anyway, all right. Well, thanks to Mitch Light earlier for joining us uh, from The Athletic. Thank you, Bill, for making some time. Thank everybody for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you next week.